New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. The last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast. Everybody listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles today. And I'm happy to be joined by Eagles beat writer for The Athletic. Zach Berman is with me. Zach, how are we doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for taking the time to jump on. Really appreciate it. So are you on your way to the NovaCare Complex right now? Yeah, so I have a Nick Sirianni press conference uh, coming up in an hour or so. And then... Uh, practice and then locker room so it's gonna be uh, a busy friday down there in south philly okay so this is actually a good segue into the one of the questions i wanted to ask you um so we're gonna kind of start got a big picture here off the top um zach how has it been like covering nick sirianni for this first year and a couple uh, for one year and a couple of games so far what have you noticed what, what differences have you noticed from him to other coaches maybe similarities to other coaches what's the feel you've gotten from covering sirianni so far over this i guess year and two games you can tell how how personable he is. Um, he he tries to help as much as he can. He, he's he's a stickler, if you will, for competitive advantage, right? So so he, he doesn't really want to get into too many details about anything that has to do with with you know the upcoming game, for instance. But when he's talking about his players, when he's talking about his message, when he's talking about his, his core philosophies. He he uh, he's certainly helpful in those areas, and I can also say, as someone who has covered, uh, you know, in the NFL, Tom Coughlin, and then Andy Reid, and then Chip Kelly, and then Doug Peterson, and in college football, I covered Frank Beamer and Al Groh. That um, it's it's a uh, it's a change of pace to have a coach that I'm covering who's a little closer in age to me, right? Nick Sirianni <laughs> is is about five years older than me, I believe. Um, and uh, and it, it was a little different when I was covering, say, Frank Beamer. 
right? So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that 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 changes the. Sticks to me getting a little older than coaches getting a little younger, but it's probably a little bit of both. Okay, so Eagles versus uh, Vikings on Monday night. Eagles um, kind of went handily. It wasn't close, even though the score looked like it was a little closer than the actual kind of game script went. Jalen Hurts was probably the biggest takeaway from Monday night's game. Zach, does, does Jalen Hurts' performance change the narrative on him going forward? That's an interesting way to frame the question. I don't know if I would suggest that it changes the narrative because, uh, you know, the narrative was 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 kind of subjective. It seemed right, like there wasn't a clear this is this is who Jalen Hurts is. I, I I think it was trying to figure out who he is. But I I think if anything, it probably raises the ceiling, right? In that the mm-hmm. the in whatever ceiling you thought he had, and that was also subjective as well. But the way he played in that first half in particular, and then throughout the game overall, but the first half in particular, you don't, uh, when a quarterback plays at that level, then, you know, it makes you think, can he do it consistently? Is this the start of something here? So uh, extraordinarily impressed with Jalen Hurts. And when, when Jalen Hurts plays like that, given that the talent the Eagles have across the roster and given the schedule, it, it, it really, it, it changes, I think, um, perhaps the ceiling for Hurts and the season. Is there anyone else that really impressed you on Monday night? There are about 52 guys that impressed me. Um, <laughs> Maybe besides Darius Slay. We'll go Slay and Hurts. I think yeah. Slay and Hurts are probably the two big guys. Is there anyone else besides yeah. those two that uh, that you thought played really well? So I, I, I said 52. There were 46 players, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but I, I mean, I, I thought Josh Sweat had a good game. Right. Okay. I mean, in, in watching the tape back, I, I I thought he was getting pressure. I thought T.J. Edwards was all over the place as as, uh, you know, uh, uh, playing in the middle of the defense. Um, he uh, he did a good job. I, I thought the offensive line played well. Um, you know, the pass catchers, you know, Quez Watkins got open downfield there. Right. Devontae Smith was smooth in his routes. A.J. Brown's always A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard both catching the ball and, and blocking the ball. I'm mentioning a lot of players here because that was a really good game. You know, on 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 special teams, Sipos had a key tackle, right? Uh, Zach McPherson yeah. played well in punt coverage, right? There's there's so many players that I can point to and say, like across the board, the Eagles played a really high level game, and and you know, it's it's a credit to them, it's a credit to the coaching staff. I loved you sneaking in uh, some Sipos love there. It, it had to be done. Yeah, that 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 tackle is actually like almost. Maybe not game saving, but it was up there. Like he doesn't make that tackle, they they run in for a touchdown. The game script looks uh, completely different. So um, yeah, it was momentum altering for sure. And then especially yeah. because I, you know, I believe the Eagles forced a turnover on 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 that possession, right? So uh, really, it, it it didn't just keep points off the board; it saved points from getting, you know, from from that, you know. So uh, if if you didn't make that tackle, if they go in for a touchdown. Uh, yeah, it, it it does change the game a bit. Who have you been impressed the most with so far through two games? Like who, who has maybe caught your eye that you didn't think was going to maybe shine this much through two games? Who, who are you kind of who have you been focused on for the first couple of games? Well, I mean, I I would say Hurts in that uh, he's played in my view two really good games here, and he's yeah. so he's. He, he, 
Uh, Marcus Epps is a player who's who's jumped out to me throughout the summer, and then watching him play here, he's he's a starting caliber safety, right? And that's that's a that's an important way of framing it because one thing I had to do was I had to suspend the context. I've always kind of looked at Marcus Epps as a backup player, and uh, you know, in year four, it's it's not as if a player often becomes um, a starter at that at that stage of his career, but he's doing it. He's playing well. Uh, and I give him and I give the team credit because I thought that was going to be a bit of a weakness going into the season, and he's 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 playing well. So those are two guys. I mentioned T.J. Edwards. Um, T.J. Edwards has played quality football in the past before. I frankly thought that Nicobe Dean was going to push T.J. Edwards for, for playing time. Uh, that hasn't been the case. T.J. Edwards deserves to be on the field. So uh, that's a, that's another one for you. I, I I can keep going, but that's a that's a, a good top of the list right there. Okay, to try to change it to the kind of the other side of the things. Um, so, the Eagles' first round draft class right now is kind of struggling to find the field. Um, should Eagles fans be worried at all, or is this just kind of the process of uh, of, of rookies coming in the league? Well, you should never be worried about a draft class after two games when the team is two and yeah. zero, right? Because probably what that means is that there's talent ahead of them, right? If, exactly. If yeah. if, uh, if they had to play their you know third round pick and, and um you go on down the list and they had to play kyron johnson right um that that would probably be concerning that that probably means you don't have the top of the roster the way you you want it to be so i think um in the case of jordan davis and nicobe dean and cam jurgens um those guys aren't playing because there's good players ahead of them and uh and and and, and, and that's a fine outcome right yeah uh, in jordan davis's case yeah, I, I mean I'm not going to form an evaluation off of two games. I, I I was curious to see if he would have more of an effect in the passing game. They haven't really used him that way. I imagine he'll grow and evolve into that role. I mean, I, th- I think back to uh, a lot of the, the great first-round picks that I've covered. A lot of them, it's it's been, you know, um, a progression throughout the season. Even Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, his rookie year in 2012, he – uh, I mean, week one, he was not starting and playing, you know, playing the majority of the snaps. Um, you know, I covered Jason Pierre-Paul when he was a rookie. Same thing. Uh, I can go on down the list. Unless it's like a quarterback or an offensive tackle or a wide receiver or a corner, a lot of these rotational positions, they're guys who uh, who there's a slow burn in, in, in terms of them getting playing time. So I certainly wouldn't be worried at this point. Zach, how much credit does Shane Steichen deserve for this kind of tr- uh, transformation on the offensive side of the ball? So I dug up the stats. I think he st- he started uh, calling plays after the Raiders game. That that seems like the the most kind of likely outcome from just going back and listening to them speak and listening to the, the coach speak back from last year. So since then, they are 10-3. and three. Um, And then an EPA, EPA per play statistic, they are fifth in offensive efficiency since he's taken over play calling in the league over those 13 game stretches in the regular season. Zach, how much credit does Shane Seiko deserve? Uh, I'll answer that question in two parts. You, you know, the Eagles are fairly nebulous in, in, in terms of, or I, I should say vague in terms of when that shift yeah. occurred. It occurred during that period, whether it was Las Vegas, whether it was Detroit, whether it was the Chargers game. Um, it's it's a little vague as to when it occurred, but uh, certainly now he's the you know he's the full time play caller for them, and he just he he's he's calling good games. 
Now, I, I will differentiate. I, I do think Nick Sirianni, being an offensive coach, um, it's still a big, you know, he's putting the game plan together. And I think what you saw um, shift last year was the philosophy as much as the play calling, right? Like they, and, and this year, uh, it's, it's a joint thing with the coaching staff. But, but Shane has his finger on the button, and he's doing a good job calling plays. He, you know, he's putting them in good situations. Uh, certainly there's, there's progress from Jalen Hurts. They're calling plays that are conducive for Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's been interesting seeing kind of them evolve this year from a personnel perspective. You saw them play the most 11 personnel uh, that they've had during the Sirianni Steichen era. So those are a few things that, that really jump out to me. But, uh, you know, Steichen deserves credit. I, uh, no doubt about it. That said, I always go back to the players on the field. If you want to give credit to anybody, give, give credit to Jalen Hurts for making the plays. Give, give credit to the offensive line for protecting him up front. Uh, for blocking up front, give credit to the backs and the pass catchers. It's it's uh, it's the players more than the plays, in my opinion. I'm uh, I'm I'm not I guess as an Eagles guy, I'm, I'm not worried. But at this point, it kind of looks like Shane Steichen might be a prime head coaching candidate. No, for next year. Well, if if, if the Eagles play well and their offense yeah. uh, keeps at it, yeah, I I, I imagine Steichen will get interviews in the next round. I mean, it's something actually I, you know, I, I, I spoke to some people about this during the past season, during the past off season. And the, the thing I kept hearing is that this is the Eagles offense. It's not Shane Steichen's offense, right? So it's, okay. it's, it's not as if, you know, if Steichen left, they would have to create a new offense, right? There'd be a different play caller, but it wouldn't be a different offense. And, and, and I think uh, I would really differentiate between the philosophy and the game plan and the actual play call. Who are you looking to get more out of this season through two games? Like, who is, who do you think can, can play better, or who do you think just hasn't looked up to par through two games? I think Hassan Reddick can, can get more pass rush production, right? I mean, he's, he's been a double-digit sack guy the past two years, and uh, sacks can sometimes come in bunches, um, and so it's not something I'd be alarmed about now, but I think there's more to scratch with with uh, uh, with Hassan Reddick. I'd say the same thing about Jordan Davis. You know, Jordan Davis is playing uh, in the, you know, um, you know, mid-20s in terms of snaps, and he's someone who I think can have uh, more of an effect on games. And and so uh, that's, that's, that's someone there as well. Um, on offense, they're going to spread the ball around. I mean, I think A.J. Brown's going to be a prolific player. He is – He's as good as advertised, and, and uh, if they feed him the ball, he's going to have those huge games. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I would really focus on Hassan Reddick and uh, Jordan Davis as two guys who I think have have uh, have more in their well, so to speak. Okay, so Eagles, Washington, Sunday at 1 o'clock. It's Carson Wentz, his first game against his former team. It's not in Philly, but – Zach, what, what do you think the what do you think the stand ratio is, or the crowd ratio is going to be? I'm expecting probably like what like 50 percent Eagles fans. Is is that fair? Uh, well, certainly it's going to be a vocal contingent. I mean, I I don't know if it's going to be 50 50, uh, but it'll probably be a vocal minority, right? Um, yeah. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, it's still early enough in the season that I imagine Washington's going to have have their share of fans there. But given the proximity, Eagles always travel there. It's often late in the year. Um, but I, I imagine uh, you're going to hear 
a lot of Eagles fans, and you're going to hear a lot of booing when Carson Wentz takes the field. Besides the Carson Wentz narrative, what are you watching for in this game? Oh, there's so many things, right? I mean, I, I, I would look at the way the Eagles defend these these pass catchers. These guys have, have done a really good job um, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, A, getting open, Carson's getting them the ball. I mean, you're seeing whether it's Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, um, Jahan Dotson, they're all making plays there, right? Um, the, I would say Washington's had a, had, has had a hard time stopping the run this year. Both Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders uh, could be in line for 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 good for good days running the ball. Um, I don't know if Washington has the edge rushers that you would really worry about. So the, so I guess off the top of my head, those are a few things there. But this is this is a matchup that uh, I think you know obviously favors the Eagles. They're six and a half point point road favorite, so that's a good sign. And uh, you know for their chances that is and. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the matchups to really watch are those Washington pass catchers, um, and then you know the Eagles at the at the line of scrimmage um, on 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 the offensive side of the ball because I think they can open up rush lanes and I think they they can they can get Jalen Hurts time. Okay, last question for you, Zach. We're going off Eagles topic here, so I, I'm a big Birds with fun listeners. I think you guys are very entertaining. Um, it's an awesome podcast. Eagles fans, if you haven't listened to it, make sure to go check it out. One thing I love about you is I, I feel like you always provide the greatest facts and the greatest kind of analogies. And I feel like I want to dive into the content that you take in podcasts and books. Zach, give me two pieces of content that you listen to on a daily basis you're constantly listening to that I can start taking it because <laughs> I feel like you're probably the king of this. And I've always wanted to ask you this question. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Um, that's, that's really nice of you. Uh, it's not a matter of the regular content. It's that I'm regularly consuming content, right? Okay. So that's that's the way I, I, I would frame it. Um, if I, I'll give a shout out to books first off because, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, – I, I, there's an old expression. Um, I think it was either Mark Twain or Ben Franklin. I don't want to misquote either one of them. But, you know, he who does not read has no advantage over he who cannot read, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, – so I, 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 uh, I'm always trying to read whether it, you know, there's always a book I'm, I'm, I'm reading, uh, non-sports book and sports book at the same time often. And then, uh, okay. but I, I mean, I'll give a shout out to the athletic. I'm always consuming athletic content. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I read, you know, my local paper, the Philadelphia Inquirer. I read the New York times. Um, I'll read the local paper of the, of the other teams that I'm covering. Uh, or, 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 sorry, of the teams that the Eagles are playing. But as far as podcasts, uh, I, I mean, there's there's so many, whether it's it's sports and non-sports, that you, you know, you uh, pull up in, in the queue, and it could be a, a, a different one each day. I, I mean, yesterday I, I was listening to Adam Grant's podcast on the drive to work, and then on the drive home, I was listening to JJ Reddick interviewing Ben. Uh, I'm Ben Simmons, right? So yeah, uh, you're. I, I know uh, you're a big JJ Reddick podcast guy, right? Yeah. 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 So it's it, it's a varied approach. I I try to listen to to uh, not sports one way and then sports the other way. Gotcha. It's funny because um in one of your episodes when Shiel was was uh, back with you guys, you guys were talking about favorite podcasts, and he's he shout out the Press Box. It's a Ringer podcast. 
um, shielded. And it was one of my best yes. podcast recommendations. Like uh, since he said that, that was about like last summer, it's became one of my favorite podcasts. So um, I take your guys' podcast recommendations to heart. So I will definitely give those uh, to a listen. Um, and thanks for doing this. Zach. I appreciate Before we go, why don't you um, plug in any stories that you have coming up? Any stories that you've already dropped that you want uh, listeners to take a look at and plug in with your social media where they can follow your work? Sure. I appreciate you asking that. So uh, I, I spoke about Marcus Epps earlier in this podcast. I wrote last week a piece on how Marcus Epps is his career kind of mirrored uh, or is on parallel tracks with him uh, opening a gym in California. So you can check that out to learn about Marcus Epps. Uh, I had a piece on Jalen Hurts before the season, a piece on Brandon Graham before the season, a piece on Jordan Davis before the season. You can check all those out at The Athletic. Uh, this week, um, I have, uh, uh, I'm have i doing a, an email exchange with Ben Standig, our Washington Commanders writer on Carson Wentz and this matchup. Bo Wolf and I will have an email exchange coming out um, late, uh, I, I believe, on Saturday that you can check out. And then uh, The Athletic has me doing weekly picks this year so five games in each week and so uh i went four and two week one three and three week two and these are against the spread um so uh we'll you know we'll see how i do week three but you can check that out on the athletic so you're over 500 to start i'm over 500 to start sure. and uh i i i would say too that uh i am so i'm not trying to to flex here, but that 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 seven and five record, it's actually um, it's seven and three if you take out the two upset picks. And I because the upset picks you're picking against the money line, uh, or or I'm sorry, you're picking the the uh, the underdog on the money line. So the odds are literally against you winning that. that I, mean, yeah. I mean those are those are hard bets to 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 win. So if if you just look at the ten that I've done with a line. Um, you know, the four games and the two props, uh, uh each week, then uh, um, then I'm seven and three. So, so it's we'll so it's five, five against the spread, and then you have to pick one like uh, underdog to, to win, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's, okay. it's four games against the spread, one prop, you know, one prop which has you know, which is which is essentially a spread, right? Um, and then uh, and then one underdog, one upset pick against the money line. Okay, so but one last question before we go. I gotta ask you this: Do you have a sneak peek of who you like this week? Yeah. So, uh, and, and I I should also say that um, it's not free reign of the games that I pick. I'm because I'm always picking the two primetime games, and I'm always picking a premier Sunday game. Okay. Um, so in the two primetime games, I'll I'll say I like Dallas in that Dallas Giants game on Monday night, and that's a hard game to pick. Giants are two and zero. Dallas is starting Cooper Rush. Uh, but, but when you look at the Cowboys pressure rate and you look at the way Micah Parsons is playing, I think that's, that, that, that's an interesting matchup there. But then the, the pick I like the most this week is, uh, actually the prop pick and that's, that's Kyle Pitts, uh, over, I think it's 46 and a half. I, you know, I have it in the piece. Um, but he only had, uh, or he's only had two catches the past two weeks. He had his second lowest target share of, uh, of, 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 the, of any game he's played in his career. So I imagine there's going to be a little bit of a correction there and they're going to uh, manufacture touches to get him the ball. Yeah. Arthur Smith took a lot of heat in the media for his comments on Kyle Pitts. So I, I can see them kind of force feeding the ball. So yep. I do like that a lot. Uh, Zach, thanks so much for doing this, man. Again, really appreciate it. And uh, enjoy uh, Sunday. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah.